This episode of News Dump is sponsored by Felix Gray. With Quibi's sudden yet completely predictable downfall late last month, many people were left wondering what the hell Jeffrey Katzenberg and the investors who'd spent nearly $2 billion were thinking from the very beginning. Now, from the outside looking in, Quibi was always going to be a spectacular failure. Uh, a nice stimulus for certain writers, comedians, and production crews, but ultimately an app that was doomed to fail from its inception. But what did the people think of it on the inside? Did the people that Quibi employed at their corporate office know that this product uh, would fail? Or were they drinking the Katzenberg Kool-Aid? And did they really think Quibi would ascend to paid streaming glory like Netflix or Disney Plus? Well, thanks to a new interview from The Verge, who spoke with several sources who worked at the company from beginning to end, who spoke on the condition of anonymity and with the use of fake names for fear of professional retaliation, mm -hmm. uh, we know a bit more about the inner workings of the company. Uh, the levels of confidence in the product from its staff, and what it was like during the final weeks of Quibi's short life. Mm -hmm. uh, and it turns out there was little confidence internally, and people just kind of assumed it would be a decent enough job to hold for a while until everything went south. Uh, obviously, no one thought the app would die as quickly as it did, yeah. but pretty pessimistic outlook, seems like, from the inside. I'm actually pretty impressed that people who took the job were like, yeah, I will secure the bag and then leave. And I gotta give him credit Look, for that. Look, Jeffrey Katzenberg is 100 years old. He doesn't <laughs> understand fucking anything. Yeah. But if he's gonna pay me to just pretend to run his app for, what's it gonna be, six months? Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. One of the employees that they spoke to using the name Andrea said that, quote, the first meeting we had with Quibi, seeing the product, seeing the shows, I just remember thinking, this isn't going to work. It just seemed like there was a lot of confidence about this thing. But I never mm. understood why they were so confident about it. <laughs> Which is... Hilarious. Uh, another employee who went by the name Sophie claimed that she was obviously just in it for the paycheck, with Quibi offering double the salary that she'd been making previously. Secure the bag. Quote, she didn't think the idea would work. Why pay for short TV episodes when you could watch YouTube for free? But that didn't matter. She'd find another job when it all went up in flames. And in the meantime, she'd get paid. Hell yeah, Sophie. Yeah. Whatever your name is. <laughs> yeah, whatever your real name is. Anyway, as you're all aware, everything started flaming up almost immediately. Uh, the platform launched. Most people didn't even know what it was. Uh, many people who were surveyed claimed they thought it was yet another food delivery app. Yeah, great marketing. Oh, Quibi. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's where I get my let's McDonald's. Let's open up Quibi and see if we can get some chicken tendies delivered. <laughs> Uh, free trial subscriptions were extended from one month to three months. T-Mobile gave just a, a, a year of free Quibi to their customers. And still, no one cared. As we now know, Quibi was only able to convert around 70,000 or so people into paid subscribers. And that number is still confusing because we're not entirely sure if that number counts the people who had active accounts using T-Mobile's promotion for an entire free year or not. <laughs> also, yeah. we're not sure that uh, a decent amount of the number includes people who'd just simply forgotten about the app while well, it charged them $5 a month and sat dormant. There's certainly a few thousand in there who forgot about it entirely. And like, for some people, $5 a month is not going to be noticeable on their bank statement. So yeah. like, it would be like, you know, when you do your taxes next year. Like, Wait, oh, what God, the hell is I've been this? subscribing to Quibi this whole time? Yeah, it's, I've wasted $35 on mm -hmm. this over the past couple months. Now, regardless, as we all know, Quibi was done. And it all happened within the span of six months, with the app set to fully go offline sometime in the next few weeks. Obviously, the majority of its problems were inaccurately blamed on the coronavirus, which is pointed out in the behind-the-scenes article as they spoke with someone who'd actually invested in the company. Uh, someone named... Either way I pronounce this, it sounds bad. Anus or Anus? 
Uzeman? Isn't that the new uh, Markiplier show? Anus Uzeman? <laughs> the one that was deleted in yeah. the middle of the night? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that person works for or runs Pegasus Tech Ventures. Quote, Uzeman said he became aware of trouble when the numbers weren't lining up with other pandemic trends. Streaming was up. Disney Plus and Netflix were way up. Quibi, which existed in a similar media and entertainment space, wasn't. He was looking at the same data that industry analysts were. Quote, I was obviously getting nervous that this company is not doing as well as they're supposed to, and all I have are these third-party numbers, he says. And relying on third-party information and news articles for updates on Quibi wasn't just for its investors. According to the employees that they spoke to, this was also the case for the majority of the people who worked at the company and on its productions. Rumors began circulating about a sale. Then, on October 21st, the Wall Street Journal announced that the company was shutting down. It was news to nearly every employee. Quote, I think this is the last thing many of us expected, the former executive says. Andrea added, quote, A few months after the app launched, we heard that the subscriber numbers were way lower than expected. But we learned all of this from the news. We didn't hear anything from Quibi until it was too late. I still don't even know how many people watched our show. Yeah, it depends on, I think, the, the lifespan of the company. If it was still bef while they were, like, saying that the company was going to be fine, they, uh, if it got to that point, they'd be like, oh, the numbers are great. You're getting billions of views. Yeah. Because we own the analytics, therefore mm -hmm. we own all all of the numbers. And we can tell Pepsi or Taco Bell that we're getting billions of views. Cheer up, kid. You got a trillion views. Yeah. <laughs> I don't good. know how it happened, yeah. but everyone on the planet watched your show you're, a thousand times. You're doing gangbusters. Yeah. The article goes on to say that uh, as breaking news tweets from the Wall Street Journal started to appear on Twitter, Andrea's team started shooting off rapid-fire texts to each other. Had anyone heard anything from Quibi? The answer was always no. <laughs> All the news about their future was coming from journalists on Twitter. Uh, Andrea's team was, quote, fucking stunned. Should they even keep working on the show? No one had any answers to that either. Uh, when, her when her team did finally hear from executives, they were just like, so this is our last day of production. That was it. It was over. That's how it all happened. It was all so abrupt to the point where I just finished prepping an interview for the next day. And then our team was like, hey, we're going to have to cancel that. It was pure chaos. Even friends who are veterans in the TV industry, they said they've never seen anything like this. Damn. Yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Still, the investors who had bet on the success of this company, like that previously mentioned uh, anus guy, they are convinced that this is still all the fault of the coronavirus and that had there not been a pandemic, Katzenberg's project would have been a resounding success. To which we say, a fool and his money. Soon parted. Yeah. The people on the ground, however, they knew. Uh, Sophie added the final quote to this article, one that we've been saying since the app was announced. Here it is. I don't know why he thought an elderly white man knew what millennials and Gen Z wanted in a streaming service in the first place. Yes. That, that was the canary in the coal mine for Quibi from the very beginning. What does Jeffrey Katzenberg know about what people from the ages of 16 to 34 want? Because it's clearly TikTok. Yeah. No, it's, TikTok's doing great. Yeah, TikTok's doing just fine. And apparently, unaffected by whatever the hell Trump was trying to do to it. Uh, yeah, real underdog. They are the David who took down Goliath. Yeah, an app so good no one cares what China does with it. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> maybe they're harvesting all of our data, but... I'm getting some laughs out of it for free. You can just open that thing up. You can just keep scrolling for hours. There's always something to watch. Would you rather pay $7 to watch Quibi? or give your data to the Chinese for hours, countless hours of entertainment. I got nothing to hide. Go <laughs> on and take it, Chairman. <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, like I say, I, I get all my TikToks, uh, just the juice 
the squeezed juice on Twitter. Yeah. Everyone just reposts Yeah, them. I get them all secondhand. Yeah. Uh, for now, though, we wait patiently for the inevitable fire Festival-style documentary about Quibi to be, first of all, greenlit, and then produced, and then released, because it will certainly perform better and be more entertaining than anything that that app had it to might offer. might make more money than the app ever made. Uh, yeah, I'd venture to say that, yes. Sort of like, how, like <laughs> how Fuck Jerry, uh, they managed to actually turn a profit on Firefest by producing the documentary about Firefest. And then uh, indirectly having something to do with the Lincoln Project. Now, we're not sure, but we're not saying it's not not happening. Look, let's take a quick second really quick here to uh, keep this show afloat by giving a shout-out to today's sponsor, Felix Gray, an important addition to working from home or mm-hmm. working next to a computer screen at all. Uh, we all spend way too much time staring at screens, and, and this whole pandemic has really kicked that into overdrive. But you should know that staring at major sources of blue light, like phones, tablets, computers, TVs, Kindles, any device is bad for you, and it can cause eye strain, headaches, blurry vision, dry, tired eyes, even trouble sleeping. Exposure to all this blue light, it's bad. I mean, you're gamers. You already know what we're talking about here. Well, look, Felix Gray is here to help. There are a lot of blue light glasses on the market, but they're not all created equal. Many blue light glasses don't filter enough blue light, especially in the range that is what matters. But Felix Gray is different. They use a proprietary filtering technology to filter 15 times more blue light in the same range. These glasses filter out 90% of blue light in the most damaging range and eliminate 99% of glare through a proprietary industry-leading lens technology only available with Felix Gray. Felix Gray frames are hand-finished from durable, super lightweight Italian acetate. Uh, You can order online. Glasses ship directly to you with a hard case and a lens cloth included. I mean, you've obviously seen some gamer glasses out there. Well, these... These are better because they actually look really, really yeah. nice. Stop being a Tugs boy. Be a Tugs man. Yeah. <laughs> you can try them for 30 days risk-free. Uh, and if your screens aren't easier on your eyes, you send them back, you get a full refund. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash newsdump for the absolute best quality blue light filtering glasses on the market. That is F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash newsdump. Shipping and returns totally free at felixgray, felixgrayglasses.com slash newsdump. All right. Now let's move into the rest of the news. Scrapings, the drippings mm-hmm. for this week, starting with the very controversial topic of the goddamn Snyder Cut. Yeah. Uh, we don't really want to sit here and go over our thoughts on this project once again. Frankly, it sounds quite boring. Yes. You know where we stand at this point. So going forward, any updates on the Snyder Cut of Justice League will primarily just be us reading what's going on. So you can argue about it in the comments section. Engagement. Yeah. So what's going on this week? Well, it looks like there's only going to be about four minutes worth of new footage in the Snyder Cut. Wait, hold on. What? What? Uh, That's crazy, right? Okay. So the headlines here are actually a little misleading, but also not entirely wrong. Yeah. According to an appearance uh, by Snyder himself on Beyond the Trailer, quote, I will say that in the end, it's going to probably be about four minutes or five minutes of additional photography for the entire movie. In the four hours that is Justice League, maybe four minutes. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't going to be a hell of a lot more than what you saw on the screen a few years back. He's saying that there will only be maybe four minutes worth of newly filmed in 2020 footage that appears in his final version of Hmm. the film. I'm intrigued. Mm. Yeah, so there's a hell of a lot of footage that was shot. Back when the movie was originally made, what was it, 2014? This this has been going on for way too long. It was released in 2017, so it was probably filmed in 2015. Yeah, anyway, a bunch of unseen footage is going to end up in this director's cut, the Snyder Cut. We would assume that a large portion of the ridiculous budget is going towards just finishing up the CGI on a lot of that, Mm -hmm. because it wouldn't have been done. Also, 
uh, sequences that could be entirely CG wouldn't fall under additional photography. Yeah. So keep that in mind. There's yeah. probably a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, though, four minutes of newly filmed footage seems like seems way too small of an amount considering how much press the, the reshoots have been getting and how many cast members, including stupid Jared Leto, are showing up for it. Yeah. But whatever, there's your Snyder Cut news. You can expect at maximum four minutes of Jared Leto Joker. Yeah, and I saw the, uh, what's his name, uh, the, the girl puncher. He's in there, the Flash guy. They filmed some stuff with him. So four minutes of that. There you go. I'm the Joker, baby. That's all Bye. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, hey, it's the Joker. There he goes. It's, yep. it's him walking down the street. Bye-bye. Anyways, on to the next thing. Uh, but speaking of heroes, I learned the hard way <laughs> once again this week to never trust your heroes after news broke that the guitarist of my favorite band, the band that I'd put up against anything, the most consistent track record of, uh, amongst albums released over 20 years, He's been smoking a little too much weed, and oops, he fell down the wrong conspiracy rabbit hole. Steven Carpenter, the guitarist of Deftones, was outed this week as not only a flat earther, which I could, I could look the other way, <laughs> but also an anti-vaxxer and a COVID denier. Uh, during an interview for a podcast called Tinfoil Hat with Sam Tripoli, Carpenter, whose band just released a new album, Ohms, a few weeks back, and thank God they did it before this broke, he was quoted as saying the following regarding our big, flat earth. The simplest terms from my perspective with flat earth is simply, I know we're not on a spinning, flying space ball. Now, what it actually is and all that, and and to what depths it goes to, that's all still to be discovered. And people are working on those things. The jury's still out on the big round earth. Oh. I'm, I'm roundness agnostic. <laughs> yeah. uh, on the topic of vaccines, he said, quote, there's never been one single vaccine that's ever worked ever. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty all, definitive. All poisons. You can never get it out of your body. Your body has no means to expel it. It's stuck in you forever. And you just suffer with whatever it becomes. Okay. Uh, yeah. As you can see by all the people with polio walking yeah. around now, vaccines, they don't work. And they only make the situation worse. On the topic of masks, surprise, yeah. quote, all propaganda all the time. No matter how many times you want to present to people that it says right on the box that it says that this protects you against nothing. You know it won't matter. I mean, they could read it themselves, and who wants to admit they've been played? I mean, who wants to own that they were the sucker? That's hard, I guess, for most people, because that's what we're going through. So, yeah, fuck yeah. this guy. That sucks. Yeah, that's, this uh, it really sucks for me. It's like, uh, it's <laughs> On like a personal the, level, this sucks. The drummer of uh, System of a Down being a Trump supporter, and, uh, I mean, that was funny, though, because it's like Serge talking. It's like, if you, if you like President Trump, fuck you. Stop listening to our music. Except for you, drummer. Yeah. You're all right for now. But the rest of you get the fuck out. Yeah, and it's it's not like I can't separate the art from the artist. I love Deftones, but it certainly leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It makes me far less likely to be so open about my affinity for their music going forward. Uh, it It's a bummer. It just sucks. It's the old Morrissey problem. <laughs> it's, yes. Yes. He's great, but I'm not going to tell anyone. He's Because he's a complete asshole. Yeah. He's, very he's a piece of leader. shit. Yeah. Lots of black metal out there. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I've been wearing a black metal shirt now, even though it's our logo. But yeah. uh, some very questionable views coming from the black metal community, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, especially Varg Vickers. He's still out there on Twitter.com. Just, uh, yeah. he, I, I looked at some of his posts recently. Burzum, great he, album. He's a straight-up Nazi. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> In addition to being a murderer. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this, this whole thing, very sad. I hope he comes around. Probably not going to. Yeah. There's been uh, issues with him and uh, Chino anyway, so look. 
Ohms is great. I'm a fan of all their albums. Enjoy it while you can. The good news is they just put out a remix, or they're putting out a remix album, and uh, they just put out a new track that's uh, done by Mike Shinoda, and uh, no guitar in it. So there you go. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, speaking of music, it's official. Techno is music. Mm-hmm. According to a top German court that was tasked with making a decision on this topic. Uh, yeah. So now your first question is probably, why? Especially now. Has a court been forced to decide whether or not techno is music? And the answer might not be as exciting as the question itself. But here you go. It was brought before the German courts because techno clubs were demanding the same reduced sales tax rates as other concert halls across the country. Germany's federal fiscal court agreed with plaintiffs, including Berlin's legendary Bergheim Club, (laughs) (laughs) that you can't get into. No, 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 sir. That they should not have to pay the standard 19% value-added tax on ticket sales when concert venues enjoy a lower rate of 7%. (laughs) The 10 people we're letting into this club tonight should not. Just let them in. Just let them in. But not you, Conan O'Brien. You stay out. Uh, The news article adds that the court found that the average visitor at a techno or house club was there primarily for the music and the DJs, making club nights, quote, similar to concerts, regardless of whether there were singers or musicians playing instruments. The DJs do more than just play tracks. They perform their own new pieces of music using instruments in the broader sense to create new sound sequences that have their own character, the judges said. These are great judges. Yeah. Yeah. I would say... A lot of people are there to do drugs and yeah. hook up, but the music is also there and they love it. Nah, man, I'm just here for the tunes. Yeah. Just here for the tunes. Wouldn't be very plur of you to not yeah. come here for the music. Yeah. So there you have it, though. It's decided. Techno is music. We did it. it only despite took, what Eminem says. It only took about 40 years. Yeah. Anyway, now that that's settled, let's pivot from music to another beloved art form. Pornography. Mm-hmm. Porno, as I like to say. Yeah. Porno-rooting. <laughs> Like with all other major events, Pornhub has released some interesting analytics regarding their web traffic during the week of the U.S. presidential elections. Most notably, the most searched for terms that were entered into the site state by state while we all eagerly awaited the results from one of the most contentious elections of all time. From their Insights blog, Pornhub statisticians weren't able to predict who each state voted for, but they were able to share what each state was searching for during election week. The top relative search is the term that was more often searched in each state when compared to all other states. It's a snapshot of what was truly in the hearts and on the minds of everyday Americans while they waited to find out who their next president will be. Uh, Under that is a handy illustration, so you can just easily find what your state searched for. Uh, California is apparently very into swag. Uh, for some reason, I don't know what that means. I must be uh, out of tune with the porno hmm. community. Right. It's like when Vore popped up. I'm like, what is this? And I looked into it. Didn't like it. Get out don't know what swag is. Probably won't like it. Uh, I was happy to see not a lot of, uh, of uh, uh, fake incest searches. Good. So I think that's dying down finally. The age of incest is coming yeah. to an end. And people caught in washing machines. Yeah. That's dying down a little Step bit. Stepbrother. <laughs> what are you doing in that, in that washing machine? Stepbrother. Uh, the article, it continues, some curiosities included the relative popularity of succubus in Oregon, tushy in Colorado, tickling in Georgia, yoga pants in Iowa, wedgie in Connecticut, and accidental cream pie in Missouri. Uh, for some reason, I feel like Missouri is like searching for tips on how to stop an accidental (laughs) cream pie. Uh, fans of mature porn were searching granny in Tennessee, but nearby South Carolina preferred grandma. And Ohio liked cougar porn. Hawaiians were searching 808, the local area code, or bass drops, I would assume. Uh, Louisiana had a craving for Popeyes. (laughs) 
Okay. Utah was checking out some wholesome Mormon porn while Texas was spicing things up with sex mex. Oh, that's good. Yeah. A few of the terms were even election related. There's no doubt that Florida was big into Trump. Delaware was searching for election. And in D.C., people were more likely to search for vote than any other state. Are people just using Pornhub.com as like the way people used AOL 25 yeah. years ago? Just like, all right, boot up the computer, load up Pornhub, my, uh, my landing page for the Internet. Yeah. Let's get to work. Uh, video games are always a popular search on Pornhub with New Mexico distracting themselves. Their top search term was Fortnite. And Kentucky, of all places, was searching for Among Us. Bigly things, really huge, massive results were happening in several states like fat ass searches in Pennsylvania, <laughs> BBW in West Virginia, Chubby in Kansas, and Big Booty in Alabama. Great. So yeah. there you go. Some nice porno analytics to round out today's episode. Mm -hmm. Check out our other episodes from this week over here. And stay tuned for Weekly Weird News coming up sometime tomorrow. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.